Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc slash soap. I hope you guys have been enjoying Joshua so far. It's been kind of fun. Uh, I'm going to pray and we'll jump in and then we'll see where this takes us. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you for uh, your word. We thank you for the revelation it brings. And we pray this morning that you would just um, bring something to mind, an action step or application that applies to each one of us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so here we are, folks, in Joshua. My name is Pastor Sean. If you don't know me, um, let's do a little 10-second summary up to Joshua 14 of the rest of the book. So I actually found this nice resource, which I want to share with you guys. It's called 929chapters.com. And what it does is it gives like a one-line summary of every book of the Old Testament. So if you're studying, let's say, um, Exodus 5, and you want a quick summary of what's happening around that, you can go to 9 to 9 chapters, and it'll give you like a one-line summary of every chapter. So it's a useful resource. So Joshua. So Joshua's got 24 chapters. We're in chapter 14 right now. So chapters 1 through 12 basically recount the capture or the conquest of the land. And then from 13 to 21, he's talking about the the partition of the land or the giving out of the land. Okay. So I'm going to ask um, Nicole if she'll read for us, and then we'll jump in from there. Thanks, Nicole. Go ahead and read. There we go. Okay, sorry. Just getting myself unmuted. Uh, Good morning, everybody. I'm reading out of the NIV version, uh, Joshua 14. Now, these are the areas the Israelites received as an inheritance in the land of Canaan, which Eleazar, the priest, Joshua, son of Nun, and the heads of the tribal clans of Israel allotted to them. Their inheritances were assigned by lot to the nine and a half tribes, as the Lord had commanded through Moses. Moses had granted the two and a half tribes their inheritance east of the Jordan, but had not granted the Levites an inheritance among the rest, for Joseph's descendants had become two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim. The Levites received no share of the land, but only towns to live in, with pasture lands for their flocks and herds, so the Israelites divided the land just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Now the people of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, at Kadesh Barnea? about you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to explore the land, and I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you have followed the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. Verse 10. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses. 
while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord helping me. I will drive them out just as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, ever since, because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. Hebron used to be called Kiriath Arba, after Arba, who was the greatest man among the Anakites. Then the land had rest from war. Okay. Thank you, uh, Nicole. There's a lot of uh, tough words in there. there. <laughs> Names and places. Okay. So I don't know if you guys noticed, but there was one phrase that kind of hopped out three times in this chapter, which is the phrase... You follow the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly, and specifically talking about um, Caleb. Um, just another quick note. I don't know if you noticed up front, uh, let's see, around, yeah, in the first five verses, he's talking about the two and a half tribes, and then you got nine and a half. And if you're doing the math, like, how does this add up to 12 tribes? And just a reminder that Joseph's descendants had become the two tribes. So we have Manasseh and Ephraim, hence the half-tribes, etc. So and let's move back to the question I have is, uh, how do we wholly follow Jesus like Caleb? Now, to wholly follow God, um, as demonstrated by Caleb, in this chapter, it means to have unwavering faith and obedience um, of God's com commands and then to trust in his promises. Um, so who was Caleb? Just a reminder, he was one of the 12. Um, and Moses sent to explore the land of Canaan. And if you remember correctly, and the spies came back, you know, 10 of them said, no, like it's filled with giants and they, basically they were filled with fear and doubt but two said yes we can do this because God's with us so Caleb and Joshua were the two that remained steadfast and trusted in God okay so if we look at Caleb his wholehearted devotion to God I think we can capture this in four ways so let's look at the first one. So faith. First one would be faith, right? So Caleb had faith in God's ability to fulfill his promises. So despite the challenges and the presence of, you know, fortified cities and giants in the land, Caleb believed that God uh, would give them victory. So he trusted in God's power and faithfulness, that God's power and faithfulness is greater than the obstacles they faced. I think that's kind of big because I think we often stumble over our own um, obstacles in life. And we forget that God's power and faithfulness is greater than those things. So the question is, if faith was the first thing that exemplified Caleb, what is faith? So Hebrews 11.1 1 says, our faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. Okay. So how do we grow 
or exercise our faith? Well, let me give you five quick things. So one, pray and read the Bible. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we need to be in the word of God like we are now to develop our faith. Um, two, be connected with like-minded believers. So as we gather together, as we join in groups, as we worship together, right, we are exercising our faith. We are sharing stories with each other. Um, third one would be, so James 2.20 says, faith without deeds is useless. So we need to serve others. We need to exercise the gifting that God has given us, right? So we develop our faith through these things. The fourth one is seek out our gifting. So we recently did that assessment um, exercise, which helped us to understand how has God wired us, right? So if we do these things, we'll know, I have this gift. How do I exercise this gift? I'm going to do this, this, and this. Um, fifth way that we grow in our faith is we is through recorded, I'm calling it recorded testimony. So um, exercise that um, I've done with staff and other people is exercise called turning points where you look through your life and you look through what are the major events, turning points, moments of faith, lines in the sand in my life. And you record those as a way to understand not only who you are and the experiences you've been through, but how God has been there throughout your life. So recorded testimony is a great way for us to um, exercise our faith as we see our God has been faithful throughout our lives. Make sense so far? Okay, so the first one is faith. Okay, so the second thing, let me just find my scroll down a little bit. Okay, so that's faith. Now, number two, Caleb had courage, right? Now, Caleb showed courage by standing up against the majority opinion. <laughs> that's a big one. But when the other spies expressed fear and doubt, Caleb and Joshua said, nope, let's go and occupy the land, for we are well able to overcome it, Numbers 1330. He was willing to face the challenges and difficulties because of his confidence in God. So courage is one of the greatest manifestations of faith. So faith helps us to produce courage. Let's take a quick look at Hebrews 11, 3 through 8, and I'm going to kind of paraphrase this a little bit. So Hebrews eleven three says, by faith, we understand that the universe, universe was formed at God's command. Verse 4, by faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commanded as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings, and by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. Verse 5, by faith, Enoch was taken from this life, so they did not experience death. Um, verse 6, without faith, is it, it is impossible to please God. Um, 7, here we start to see some of these moments of courage. By faith, Noah, who warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. 8, by faith, Abraham, 
when called to go to a place he would later receive as his, as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. So faith produces, helps produce courage, right? So faith helps us um, give us courage to step out of our comfort zone. And I like to say maybe to take a risk that you've never taken before. So courage comes from repetition. So if any of you work out, you know that the first time you do an exercise or something, it might be really hard, right? But as you get reps in, that thing becomes easier. So it's the same in life. Every time we do something, we take a risk. We might be afraid. But as we as we step out in courage, our faith grows. We get used to things and we gain courage little by little, right? Okay, now I mentioned this before. Another way to build up our courage is by looking back and to remember what God has done. And I wrote down this phrase, and I, I really like this. It says, if we've never taken a step forward in faith, we will never experience the blessing and fulfillment of God's faithfulness in the plans he has for us. Does it make sense? So if we don't take a step out, we may never experience the richness of blessing that God has for us. Okay, so that's faith and courage. So Caleb had faith. Caleb had courage. The third thing is um, Caleb was obedient. Now, Caleb followed God's commandments and lived according to his principles. So he remained loyal to God, even when others were swayed by fear and disbelief. Um, his, his obedience to God's instruction was consistent throughout his life. Um, Remember in verse 10, it says, Now then, just as the Lord promised, he had kept me alive for 45 years. Since the time he said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the wilderness, so here I am today, 85 years old. So this guy was committed throughout his life. Um, it requires commitment to God's word and knowledge of God's word and desires for us to grow in obedience, right? And I made a note here. So even though he's advanced in his age, his strength is not diminished, right? At 85, he's out leading the fight. And I, found, I thought this was fascinating. It's not just any foe or any enemy that he's fighting. Um, he's out against the Anakim. Now, it doesn't say, it actually alludes to this before this, but the Anakim are mentioned in the Bible as a possible race of giant people descended from Anak, right? So according to the Old Testament, the Anakim lived in the southern part of the land of Canaan near Hebron. And this is mentioned here in Joshua, in the next chapter, Joshua 15, 13 as well. So I think another thing we can learn from Caleb here is God wants us, um, this is how God wants us to be in our spiritual life. Even as we advance in years, growing older, we might grow older or weaker physically, but never weaker in Jesus, right? And as I look at the screen, I see people like Bob Gilmore there, who's been serving God for a long time. 
And we can look at people like that and see how that is how we stand firm in Jesus. That is how we never grow weak in Jesus. In fact, we're always growing, right? So uh, number three was obedience. Okay. Number four. Okay, now uh, number four is trust. So one second here for... Okay, I am back. <clears throat> okay, so number four is trust. Now, Caleb wholeheartedly trusted in God's faithfulness. So 45 years after his initial spy mission, so he was the original uh, Tom Cruise on Mission Impossible, and Caleb still believes that God would fulfill his promise to give him the land of Hebron. He reminded Joshua, so he tells Joshua, I only follow the Lord my God. This is in Joshua 14.8. Caleb's trust in God remained steadfast over the years, and he received his inheritance as a result. So you can see how all of these things work together, right? Faith, courage, obedience, trust. So let's talk a little bit about um, trust. How do we develop trust? And a lot of these, some of these things overlap with the others we've mentioned so far. But let me give you a couple of points on how we can develop trust. Okay, one, trust requires a personal relationship with God. I think that's huge, right? If we don't know who Jesus is, and we don't have a relationship with him, or well, how can you trust something or someone you don't know? So that's a relationship we have to invest in. And as we grow closer to Jesus, our trust level is going to increase, right? As we experience the blessing, as we're able to give testimony of what he's doing in our lives, right? We can become like Caleb. Okay, so number one is trust requires a personal relationship with, I would say, with God or with Jesus. Okay, um, trust is built by reflecting on past experiences. Okay, so we look back, look back in our lives, and identify instances where God has shown His faithfulness, right? Where He has answered prayers or provided guidance. Um, reminding ourselves of those experiences can help strengthen our trust in his ability to work in our lives. Why? Because we've seen it, right? We can bear testimony to what God has done in our lives. Um, I recently shared my story with the staff. It's something we're doing where we share our stories. And it's fascinating and encouraging as you do that because it reminds you of the things God has done for you. Um, when I was eight years old, and I don't actually remember this, my, my mom recounted this experience to me. I was a very sickly child. Um, as a young kid, I, I had asthma. You know, still have some struggles with that. 
but um, I was taken to a healing service at the age of eight. And um, I think as Matthew 19 was spoken over me, you know, where it says, um, Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And so years later, when I was in the army in 1986, 87, um, it was a tough time because um, in South Africa, you didn't choose to be there. It was national service. You were called up to do um, your duty in a country that was living um, at that time in apartheid era. So it was a country that was living, it was a very complex place. But I remember going being allowed to go to church for the first time when I was in the army after 14 weeks of training and walking into the church and seeing that verse on the wall. So it said, Jesus said, suffer the Lord children to come to me for such is the kingdom of God. And it was a reminder to me of something that God had spoken over me and to my mother, um, let's say 12 years before that. And so as we remember things, we're reminded of God's goodness. We're reminded that he's still with us. We are reminded that God is God is unmoving, unwavering, right? So he's always with us. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay, so number three, um, trusting in God often requires, requires letting go of our need for control. Ooh, that's a big one, right? requires letting go of our need for control and surrendering surrendering to his plans. Now, Moses, Joshua, Caleb, you know, <laughs> massive changes in their lives. Moses is doing one thing one day and the next day, God said, hey, go back to Egypt, go talk to Pharaoh. Um, now, people out of the land, and massive moments of trust, right? Um, <clears throat> so we have to recognize that God's wisdom surpasses our own. Because sometimes we don't know what we don't know. We can't see the things that God sees, right? And so we have to recognize that God's wisdom surpasses our own, and his plans may not always align with our expectations. And I think that's a big one. We have to trust that his plans are ultimately for our good, even when we can't fully comprehend or understand that. Um, in 1995, I received a call to ministry. In 1999, I moved to the U.S., um, not fully understanding what God was doing, but God had made it clear by opening doors and through signs and things that this was something we were supposed to do. So I ended up in 1999 um, in North Jersey, working in IT, just trusting that God was doing something that would be revealed later on. <clears throat> and 2008, that led into full-time ministry. And here I am today talking to you guys. And so sometimes we just have to trust God that his plans are good and that it's going to take us to something that he's calling us to do, okay? Number four of how do we develop trust. Everyone with me so far doing okay? Anyone need a push-up break or something? 
do what you need to do. Okay, so here we are, number four. Um, surround yourself with a supportive community. And I, I eventually, I recently learned something, I was listening to a podcast, and I don't know if you know this, but loneliness is one of the biggest issues, especially around men, um, middle-aged, my age, young. Um, it's a huge problem in the USA today. People are experiencing higher levels of loneliness than ever before. So having a supportive community around you is so important to your mental health, to your just your well-being in general. And um, I was listening to a podcast, and it was um, Kerry Newoff. If any of you um, follow his podcast, it's fantastic. But he was talking about a practice that he has with a friend. Um, now, if you're a guy like me, um, sometimes guys are not very emotional. They don't like to share a lot of things. You like to keep things inside. And I thought this was a fantastic practice that he um, shared. This is something that him and his best friend do every morning. They'll send a text to each other, and it has three components, uh, best, worst, and pray. So what's the best thing going on in your life right now? What's the worst thing, and what can we pray about? And I thought that was fantastic. And then the next question was, who would the person be that I would send that text to each day? So think about that. Who is your supportive community around you? So, of course, for Joshua, I want to I say that was probably Caleb. So two of them were tight at that time. They were the two that were walking together in faith. But who is your supportive community, right? So that's why we join groups. That's why we stay connected to each other. Okay. Um, Number five, so as I mentioned before, a lot of these things kind of flow together and trust in God is intertwined with faith, right? So take steps of faith, even when they seem challenging or uncertain. As you step out in faith, you'll witness God's provision and guidance, okay? So um, another example 2008, went into full-time ministry, took a pay cut of about 45%, right? When you have, uh, let me see, I had five children at the time, you know. Um, I can say today that God's provision was perfect, even though it wasn't, wasn't necessarily easy. But the things we learned and gained through that time, um, you can't put a price on. And today I can say, you know, if I didn't take that step of faith, I don't I can't imagine what I'd be doing, but I can see God's faithfulness and goodness throughout that time. Uh, and I've done things I probably would never have done without taking that step of faith. Okay, so take steps of faith, even when they seem hard, challenging, or uncertain. Yeah, how are we doing so far? Everyone good? All right, so let's let's wrap this up here. So a little summary. So to wholly follow God like Caleb, they have faith, courage, obedience, and trust in him, right? It means remaining committed to God's ways, even in the face of challenges, trusting his promises, and living a life that aligns with God's will. 
So in essence, it's a complete surrender of ourselves to God. We have to acknowledge its sovereignty and we have to rely on him in every aspect of our life. And I think that's what it means to only follow God like Caleb. Are we good? So that's all I have for you. I'm going to press out. And then the challenge is what do you need to do based on the things we've discussed today to wholly follow God? And I think that's the goal, right? All right, gang, let's pray. And then I'm going to get you into the rest of your day. So, Father, we thank you that you have been a rock throughout the generations, that you've been unmoving, unchanging, and that because of you, because of Jesus, we can um, trust in that relationship. We can grow in faith. We can grow in obedience. We can grow in courage. Father, we pray that we would be like Caleb, that we would wholly trust in you, that we would wholly um, depend on you, that we would take risks, that we would um, study your word, that we'd be in um, fellowship with each other. And Father, we pray that our lives would be useful to you, Father, that we would not just um, live for ourselves, but that we would influence those around us um, through through our faith, through the testimony of what you're doing in our lives. But we thank you for your word. We thank you for the way it challenges us. We thank you for uh, what it's teaching us. So Father, I pray for each one as they venture into their days, into the rest of this day. Father, would you... Uh, provide would you inspire would you give revelation we pray this in the powerful name of jesus amen thanks guys have a great day